Now entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. It's Thursday, October 20th, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. And hey, Chet, since the last time we were together, the Phillies roll the Braves. Then they go out to San Diego. They come back with a split and now have three in Philly. The Eagles beat the Cowboys to stay undefeated and are in a bye week. The Steelers are up next. The Flyers opened up with a 3-1 record uh, going down to Tampa, winning that game and turning around and losing last night by 1-2 Florida. That's always tough. Sixers lost their opener to the Celtics as well. We have plenty to talk about again tonight. Yeah, and had time permitted, we were actually going to squeeze in some union playoff soccer talk. They are playing this evening at Subaru Park. We wish them luck, but I don't think we can fit them into our crazy schedule. We do wish them luck, though, as I said. Uh, This is really weird, Bill, to have five teams, five Philly Pro teams, playing games that matter in the same week. Isn't that something? And and could you be any more excited? I mean, it's just every night there's something going on, and – it's been so much fun, and it's especially the way they're playing. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll certainly get to talking a lot about the Phillies and the crowd and all that here, and the Eagles crowd as well shortly. Yeah, yeah, we got we got lots to discuss. We have a great guest joining us in uh, just a bit. Boop later on in the show, so we're going to get to it all. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk tonight with our special guest, one of our great friends, uh, to talk all things Sixers with longtime reporter D. Lynham. Uh, joining us. That'll be a lot of fun. But hey, first let's talk Sixers, Chet. Um, Phillies. Before Phillies, that's the one. <laughs> but before we get to the first two games in San Diego, Chet, let's go back to the incredible environment at a Citizens Bank Park last weekend against the Braves. That place was rocking and the Philly faithful are bleeding red October. Yeah, I wish I didn't have some previous commitments last week or I would have definitely, you know, made my way to the ballpark because uh, a lot of my friends were there and I was a little bit jealous, quite frankly, they really turned out. And even in San Diego, you know, you saw a lot of uh, folks out there for those first two games, Phillies fans. Yeah. And you know, it was cool because as you saw, uh, they showed during the game, Joel Embiid is at the the Phillies game. Nick Sirianni's at the Phillies game. Jeff Lurie's at the Phillies game. The Flyers play the Phillies last out on the big screen during their game, which was across the street. Uh, everybody's feeling the excitement, and it, it's it's just great. It's it's a great great feeling to be having for the city. Yeah, Rob Thompson, I believe, banged the drum to start the Flyers campaign last week. So it's great to see all the teams, you know, supporting one another and the players and coaches, managers showing up for other sports uh, in the city. It's really nice to see everybody's in a real good mood this week, even though that game two loss yesterday out in San Diego maybe took a little bit of steam out of all of us. Yeah, well, let's get to it. Uh, let's talk about that. The Phils get an unbelievable outing from Zach Wheeler to win game one. Only got three hits in that game. Two of them happened to be bombs, uh, especially Kyle Schwarber's, uh, to win that game. They come back, jump out 4 nothing in the top of the second inning, only to give up two in the bottom of the second. Then the wheels kind of fell off of uh, in the fifth. And in spite of that, the Phils didn't hit until late in the game when uh, they only had one hit. That was that Bryce Harper double for about five innings after that from uh, 
Nate Snell. Yeah, uh, I expect to see more hitting from the Phils. I mean, you know, they got kind of a break in the first game because Wheeler was so darn good. They only needed the two runs. But then uh, in the second game, you know, Nola struggled a bit. I'm, I'm not going to criticize him because he's been great uh, down the stretch when it mattered the prior three games that got him into the postseason and, you know, the first two games then in St. Louis and Atlanta that he pitched. Not going to criticize him, but I'd love to see more from this offense. You still got to get some of these other guys going. Castellanos had that one good game. But that was it. Um, you know, they are a hitting team, and I'm going to count on them this weekend, uh, you know, get five, six, seven, maybe even eight runs in one of the games, you know? Yeah, well, the, the problem is, though, Chet, the, the team hasn't hit for probably the last half of the season. You know, uh, Harper, Harper, we expected if he could get hot, he could carry them. And, and he, he has. Can. He can, and he, and he is. Uh, Schwarber looks like he's hitting a little bit. Alec Baum struggling at the plate. JT struggling at the plate, uh, you know, all the way down the lineup. It's just, I think we're a little disappointed all around. I am that this team has not hit all year like I think we thought they would. Yeah, and uh, quite frankly, the pitching's been pretty good. We're not going to fault the pitching too much. Uh, maybe some of the bullpen decisions I would question. I, I didn't like seeing Brad Hand come in in the Thursday or Wednesday game. Uh, I, I've had no confidence in Brad Hand for the last few months, so get him out of here. Well, I mean, uh, he he pitched. Where where are you going to go though? At, at that time of the game, you you're a little limited. You can't go with Alvarado that early. You, you got to have somebody that can get out, and uh, you know, you, you hit a guy. Dang, yeah. with two strikes, no less. Um, yeah. yeah, so. You know, you're a little limited out there on who you can go with. And now they do have David Robertson back. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know. We think it's good. <laughs> but, um, you know, Brogdon has pitched much better after his uh, two-run outing in Atlanta where he said he was he was nervous. Well, he's mm -hmm. a rookie. You know, he's a young kid, and then he's going to be nervous. That happens. But he seems to have bounced back. Alvarado's been great. Um, Sir Anthony's look good, but you know, they got to have more than that if they're going to yank pitchers at 80 pitches with a one hit shutout. Yeah, and, and mean, we're like, still questioning that move, Bill. I, I was mean, about to jump off a bridge on that one, pal. Yeah, 83 pitches, pitching a shutout. Yeah, his velocity went down a smidge, but it wasn't like they were, you know, hitting him really. So I personally would have kept him in. It worked out for Rob Thompson and the Phils. They did get the win. They got the shutout. Sir Anthony was better than Goodbell. He was amazing. He looks terrific. Yeah, he was. Eight or nine pitches to get those three outs. So he's looking good. And uh, the problem is, you know, these next couple of games, they don't have Wheeler or Nola starting. It's going to be, I guess, Ranger Suarez in game three. And then we're assuming Syndergaard and a parade of relievers after that on uh, Saturday for game four. So, the bullpen's going to get a lot of work over the next couple of days. Yeah, and I saw just today, this afternoon, I was reading, it does look like Syndergaard will be that fourth guy, uh, but it also had Bailey Falter and Kyle Gibson as possibilities. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not on the uh, Kyle Gibson train. Bailey Falter, we hadn't even seen in the, in the playoffs yet. So yeah, uh, sooner or later, we've got to see him, I think. But the big thing for now, you got to win one, win the next one. That's the most important. Ranger Suarez, hopefully, will uh, you know get over those five walk jitters that he had, and hopefully come out and uh, and pitch well tomorrow. And uh, hey, they're they were home for three. You got to win two. 
Yeah, uh, it's Bogut. a cliche, one game at a time, but that, that's, I mean, that's what it is. When you're in this kind of situation, you, you don't look too far ahead. You worry about the next game, that's hope right. for the best, and uh, I think Rangers up to the task. So uh, I, I think the Phils are going to win game three, but, you know, you just don't know. Um, boy, they, this is the first NLCS game in Philadelphia in 12 years, Bill, since 2010. So uh, the, the fans were so great last weekend. You know they're going to be prime for it. Uh, it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Yeah. There, we got three sellouts. Uh, I'm hearing tickets are going for as much as a thousand dollars or more for people buying them at the secondary market. Wow. I'm not in that category. I don't have that kind of money, Bill. But uh, it's it's going to be wild. Well, you could take some of that Philly Press Box Radio money and buy a cup of coffee at the game. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> but no, uh, you know it, it's it's crazy to spend that kind of money, but. Uh, you know, the, the fans were great, and the, fl- the players felt the momentum, uh, the energy, and uh, it's going to be just as good come tomorrow right on through. I, I think they're, they're going to they're gonna live and die. The fans are going to live and die with this bunch. And, the, and uh, one final thing I want to say, did you see the article came out late today where uh, some people from Jersey or somewhere went out to San Diego for the game and ended up eating breakfast and Harper – and Real Muto and Stott were in there having breakfast with them. They're all mugging up and getting pictures oh, and all man. that. They just wow. stumbled into a restaurant. There were the three of them cats sitting there having breakfast. It was cool. Wow. How cool would that be? No, I did not see that. That That's yeah. awesome. You know, yeah. I was thinking back to the beginning of the season and the job that uh, Dave Dombrowski did at the trade deadline. At the beginning of the year, we had guys like Jerris Familia and Odubel Herrera out in center field. Didi was at shortstop. And, you know, he's clearly on the downside. Uh, so give, give Dombrowski a lot of credit for bringing in the guys like Marsh and even Syndergaard Sosa, who's been you know, very good, some timely hits and great defense. David Robertson, eh, well, so-so, but uh, I'd rather have him have him than Familia, that's for sure. And back in uh, late March, we didn't even know if Alec Bohm or Bryson Stott were going to make the team. Remember that? So yep. boy, this team has come a long way since April 1st. Yeah, yeah, you have to give Dombrowski credit. I would have to say that all of his moves were positive, even to David Robertson, if you might want to throw a little question mark around that. Yeah. Uh, they they have been positive moves, and they, they've helped put this team where it is. Uh, but, boy, we, we're just, we just need to start hitting a little bit, and I think the pitching will hold up if we can, if we can do that. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a great weekend in Philly. And no Eagles to you know steal the spotlight at all this weekend, so it's going to be pretty much all Phillies this weekend. Yeah, the Sixers and Flyers, you know, might get some attention as well, but uh, it's going to be crazy down at Citizens Bank Ballpark. Well, let, let's uh, speaking of hitting and speaking of the Eagles and speaking of the crowd, uh, the Birds remained undefeated with that nice win against the Cowboys. Uh, I said this last week, check Chad. I'll say it again this week. Um, I'm thrilled they're undefeated. I'm not. I'm a little underwhelmed at this point. Uh, I don't know how you could be underwhelmed at six and zero. I just feel like this team has so much more to offer than what we're seeing at this point, and still getting Ws. Man, talk about a nitpicker, Bill. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> they are six and zero. Yeah, they have not been great in uh, every quarter, but. They're the best second quarter team I've ever seen in my life. Uh, what are the averaging like 20 points per second quarter through the first six games? The other three quarters, yeah, not so great. Um, the one thing that concerns me, special teams, uh, they're just not getting great coverage most of the time. They're 
uh, not getting any great, you know, punt returns. The, the few kickoff returns they've had have not been wonderful. So that's the one area that I think really could use improvement. And, boy, I'd love to see the offensive line stay healthy. We saw when Lane Johnson's not in there, the difference that can make. So keep Lane Johnson out on the field. And uh, looking at the up- upcoming schedule, Bill, check this out. Uh, they got the bye this week. Then you got the Steelers at home. I'll be there for that one. Uh, and then you're Uh-oh. at Houston. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Those tough Washington commanders with no Carson Wentz. He's hurt yet again. And then maybe the toughest of the games so far this year could be those following two at the Colts and then home against the Packers, although the Packers have been up and down. But, boy, these next three games, they should be 9-0 and for sure going into that uh, Colts and Packers back-to-back. Yeah, I I think you're right. And, uh, you know, I guess guess where I'm a little underwhelmed, Chet, is I I, I kind of feel like – I mean, they, they kept showing you what they were doing to Michael Parsons in the in the run read option and all that and working it to perfection. But, um, you know, it's a lot to me what the Ravens do with Lamar Jackson. And yeah. when they are able to shut down Lamar Jackson, now I think the Eagles have better receivers than the, than the Ravens had. But when they are, the Ravens lose. And they lose in the playoffs because good defenses show up in the playoffs. And I, I just feel like, there's there's more ability to push the ball down the field, and the Eagles don't do that. They play a very safe game plan game. Whether I mean it's successful, it's working. Will it continue to work? Is kind of what worries me. Again, maybe I'm being a little too picky, but then when it becomes crunch, and then the other thing is they're letting their foot off the gas. They're up twenty nothing. You got to step on the throat. And they're not doing that until yeah. then they get in the fourth quarter and they hunker down and drive the ball using the offensive line and score an insurance touchdown to make it look like an easy win when they let their foot off the gas back in the third quarter. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, too many times they've taken the feet off the gas. They've led every game by at least 14 points at one point, which is pretty amazing. Um Remember back in uh, the summer when a lot of people were clamoring for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson? <laughs> Those people have been awfully quiet lately. I don't know if you've seen, but Russell Wilson has been on primetime games already like three or four times this year, and he looks like he's washed up already. Yeah, he does. He does that whole thing out there in Denver. They can't score any points. They got they got issues out there. And, and as we just as I said when you put the schedule up there, the Packers have issues too. I yeah. thought that was going to be a game be a big game and I guess it somewhat is when Aaron Rodgers is in the game uh but they stink you know they they're they're no good Steelers are no good yeah. right down that list the Texans are no good the Colts at home because it's at the Colts uh, might make that one a little bit better but like I said they 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 might stumble somewhere along the line but they got a chance to win a lot of games here in the next five weeks me taking the uh, over nine and a half is looking pretty good at this point, Bill. I oh, think I'm gonna... oh, that was looking great from the start. I may buy you a beer after I cash that one. All right. Sounds <laughs> good. I'll do it. Hey, hey Chad, uh, how good has James Bradbury been, by the way? What, what a steal he was. James Bradbury, it's a shame they only have him signed for one year. So extend that guy right now because he's made a huge difference in the secondary. Yeah, we didn't even get to the defense and uh, – you know, the run defense struggled just a little bit the other night, I think, especially once they got things going, uh, once Dallas got things going. But uh, the, the pass coverage has been pretty darn good. 
Yeah, it has. Uh, it's going to be an exciting next few weeks uh, going away from the, the Phillies and getting back focused on the Eagles. Um, I want to see them win these next three games and then see how they do against, you know, some slightly better competition in the Colts and the Packers, and we'll go from there. But I want to focus on them both for about three weeks so we can talk about the World Series as well. How about that? Wait, let's move on because I know you're spending more time on your couch than you are in your car watching all these ball games. It's time to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, you know, Bill, Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That is Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. Well, hey, Chet, tell us uh, it's October. It's almost November, almost Halloween time. What's going on at the Irish Rover Station House? Always something going on at the Rover, Bill. You know that. Good times, good food and drink at the Rover in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. They have live music most Saturdays, and that'll be the case uh, this weekend. Looks like Ryan Sean will be there this Saturday, the 22nd. And, of course, their annual Halloween bash is coming up later in the month, October 29th. Uh, they have 24 beers on tap. That's always. And dinner specials Thursday through Sunday. Drink specials during all Eagles games. The Irish Rover is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn. The website, of course, irishroverstationhouse.com. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese. And you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. Yes, it is, Merrill. Everything's good right now in red October. You got to like it. Well, hey, Chet, Sixers open the season losing in Boston in spite of huge games from James Harden and Joel Embiid. Um, Just not not enough defense in that game from either team. Yeah, uh, it's only one game, though. Don't worry about it. You know what? I'm, I'm going to play right now an interview that I had with D. Lynham. And uh, D is on her way right now to the Wells Fargo Center for tonight's home opener. And she's going to give us the lowdown of what happened Tuesday night and what we should expect the next 81 games. So if I could find it, let's see. We're going to find D. Lynham right here. Another highly anticipated 76er season is underway, and our guest has been covering this franchise for some 25 years now. Let's bring her on. It is, of course, D. Lynham. Hey, D, is that accurate? Wasn't it 25 years ago this month that Comcast Sportsnet debuted and you officially began covering the Sixers? That is true. I think it was October 1st, 1997, so that is accurate. Yep. Well, ha- happy silver anniversary as a Sixers reporter then. <laughs> All right. One game one game in the books, the an opening night, nine-point loss to those uh, hated Boston Celtics. Did we learn anything about this Sixers team and all the new faces from that one game yet? Well, I mean, I think, you know, the I had somebody say to me, you know, we're three hours into the NBA regular season that lasts 82 regular season games, so let's not yeah. overreact. Um. I mean, I think the one thing people will be very positive about is James Harden. James Harden looked incredibly healthy and looked like the Harden that we thought you got from the Rockets. So, 
Uh, I think that was a positive. You know, Joel's numbers ended up being fine, 26 and 15, I believe. But he didn't shoot the ball well. He had six turnovers. I didn't think he looked particularly sharp um, defensively for them to give up the points that they gave when they, you know, set out saying they were going to be a, they think they will be a top five, you know, top seven defensive team. Um, and, you know, maybe part of that is the newcomers. Um, I think Doc is still going to be kind of playing with his rotations. I know that he feels strongly out of the gate of having two of his top four. Um, and we know who they are in Embiid, Harden, Harris, and Maxi. two of them on the court at all times, and then figuring out who those other three are. There was one stretch at the end of the first quarter that he did not do that, but that was just to get through the final, like, 35 seconds so that nobody picked up a silly foul. So, um, uh, you know, they have two tough opponents to start the season, right? They'll come right back at home against the Bucks, and we'll see if we see some things that are a little different than what we saw last night. As you mentioned, there are lots of new additions on the roster this year, including P.J. Tucker, plus reserves DeAnthony Melton, Montrez Harrell, and Daniel House. None was a major contributor in the opening night loss, just six points for Tucker, not a whole lot from the bench guys. Is it going to take a few games or a few weeks for these guys to get fully acclimated? Yeah, I think part of it is because you don't know uh, Doc's rotations. I mean, you can do that in practice and try to figure out who's with whom on the court. Uh, so I think part of that is true. Um, you know, I, I feel strongly that this team has good depth. I think the depth is actually greater than a year ago. Uh, I do think, and I hope that I know guys like to know their role, but if we say depth is there, it's not just for injury, right? And if something isn't working on a given night for a given matchup, then I, and I'm not talking about just yanking a guy. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but I think if you have that depth, you could try something. So like a Matisse Thibel, um, we know he has not shown to be an offensive contributor. We do know he can play defense, and he's made you know second-team all-defense two years in a row. He played less than a minute, and there were guys, perimeter guys, that were lighting up the Sixers. And I don't know exactly, like, where he stands, is it because of his offense? Uh, is it something else? But a guy like him, a guy like Paul Reed, you know, um, I think there were opportunities that either one of them in a spurt could have helped them. Tyrese Maxey has gotten just better and better since his arrival with the Sixers. He more than doubled his scoring in his second season compared to his rookie year. Should we expect Maxey to take another leap this year in his third year in the league? Well, I think you can expect that he – there are three first options. You know, well, I should say Embiid would be your first option. Uh, if that is, you know, being taken away, Harden is probably your second. If not Maxi, I'll go 1A, 1B there, depending, because Harden can be such a great distributor, and I don't want to take that away from his game. Um, but I think that you see that they have moved Tobias Harris to be the fourth option, and that is because Maxi has shown – to be such um, a dynamic player, a dynamic scorer. He has some unique talents. And so I would say, yes, I think you will see that his game has grown yet again. He's a tireless worker. So, you know, I know his final preseason game, he was two for 10 and somebody said, should we be concerned? 
And Doc Rivers was like, no, you don't have to be concerned. This guy sees the ball go through the hoop so often because that's how often he's working. So, yeah, I think he continues to progress. I do. Keeping Joel Embiid healthy, of course, is a must for the Sixers to have a successful season and a deep playoff run. Do you worry about him, you know, hitting the floor so often? He's in his prime right now, and uh, does he still have more upside, and can we keep him healthy? Well, first of all, yeah, I, I don't like how often he hits the floor. Um, it's funny, in one of my classes today, somebody said, did anybody see how often Anthony Davis hit the floor last night as well? I said, no, I was asleep by then. But uh, yeah, I think his falling to the ground is is definitely concerning. Not so much. I mean, part of it is the injury. But the other is like, what? why is this still happening? Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, have a, have a wider base. Have a stronger sense of your balance. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't like it at all. Can we keep him healthy? You know, we can do all we want in the regular season. And quite frankly, last year, with the exception of those, I think he was out. It was either nine. It was at least nine games that were COVID related. Might have even been higher, Chet. And so his actual injury in the regular season was minimal. And then, you know, the weird postseason injuries happen. So we can do all we want for 82 games, and I say this to people all the time. Whether it's his health or however good they are in the regular season, the trepidation people, fans, will have going into the postseason with this group, no matter what they accomplish in the regular season or how healthy he stays, they won't Mm -hmm. have a real secure sense because it just doesn't happen, hasn't happened yet. So until you show us differently, how can we feel any different? I hear you. All right, so last year the Heat were the top seed in the East. The Celtics, of course, made it to the NBA Finals. The Bucks and Giannis, still pretty good. And uh, there's that team up in Brooklyn that may or may not be very good this year. We shall see. As I post the NBA championship uh, odds that I just saw the other day, um, these are from Caesars. How do you see the Eastern Conference playing out this year? I mean, there could be four or five teams really competing for the top seed. Absolutely. I mean, I think the day I look, you know, I do, they do it by like, you know, plus 1400 plus six, uh, Boston was plus 600 as of yesterday to win the title. Uh, The Sixers were plus 1400 when I was doing some of my writing. You know, there's a lot of teams that are clustered in there. You know, the one other, I mean, Cleveland certainly thinks that they got better and Atlanta certainly thinks that they should have a redemption year. Uh, because yet last year was a little disappointing for them, and they added DeJounte Murray, you know, and Cleveland feels like they were really good before they got injuries, and they added Donovan Mitchell. So we talk about those top four, and I think those top four are good teams, um, the Sixers included, but I think the Eastern Conference is actually – you just can't say, I'm going in and write that off as a W. And that's not even including, like, a Detroit – used to put that as a W all the time. They got Mm -hmm. better. So the Eastern Conference is much, much, much more competitive than maybe some of the recent years past. You want to make a prediction? How many wins for the Sixers and uh, what seed? Um, I I hear a lot of like mid-50s. I think because of the competition, I'm going to go around 50, to be honest with you. Uh, I do think they can win 50 games, though. And... You know, if you win 50, I think somebody else is going to have more than that or you're pounding each other. 
So, I mean, I think they can be a top three seed and it'll come down to tiebreakers, in my opinion. That's, you know, and this is all said, barring no injury to any of these high level teams, including yourselves. Yeah. So I I would say, and and I wouldn't have a problem. Look, they've been the number one seed and that didn't work out very well for them. Um, They've been a four, they've been a three. So I would say if you're anywhere in the top four, I'm, I'm okay with that because you got to win games and you got to advance. Hey, Dee, now that you're on 97.5 every weekend, uh, you talk about all Philly sports, of course. We have the Phillies in the NLCS as we speak. The Eagles are unbeaten. It's a lot of fun being a Philadelphia sports fan and talk show host right now, isn't it? It certainly is. Um, you, you don't hurt for calls, that's for sure, no matter what shift you're working. Um, there's a tremendous amount of enthusiasm uh, and, and quite frankly, the product, like watching these Phillies games, you know, the product is so good. Mm-hmm. There's an endearing quality to the group that Thompson has put together there and, and how they have, what they have done to this point in the postseason. Obviously, we know you need the pitching. Wheeler and Nola have done that. They, they're bullpen. How about the years that we talked about how horrific the bullpen was? And mm-hmm. now you have nothing like that to say. You know, their bats have come together at a time. Look, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about when is Schwarber. I think he was one for 20 when this uh, series started, and then he hits bombs away in game one. So uh, they're amazing. I think the Jalen Hurts' progress from last year to this, uh, I, I have no questions when you go into a game about his decision-making. They're a really solid team end-to-end at at both sides of the ball. Maybe they're special teams you could question, but, um, yeah, it's great to watch. The Flyers, good God. Tortorella's, like, saying, look at me, people. Like, you know, give me some credit here. Everybody said we were going to be horrible. So I would absolutely agree with you. And, you know, the Sixers, they're going to be fine. That's not, you know, the season opener. Boston had a lot to prove also. They've gone through a lot of tumultuous times leading into yep. this regular season, no coming off an appearance in the finals. Yeah, Ime being suspended, losing Gallinari, Robert Williams the third, first team all defense, sidelined for maybe two, three months. So I think they had a lot, a chip on their shoulder to show people, like, don't write us off just because we've gone through some tough times. So I think the Sixers will be fine. D-Line, and this is always fun. I will see you at FanFest at Xfinity yes. Live on the 29th of October. Looking forward to that. And we'll talk to you again in a few months. Go Sixers. Thank you for always inviting me. I appreciate it. As always, Chet, great stuff coming from D. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, and, and as you mentioned, we had to pre-record that because the Sixers had a game tonight since we yeah. changed from Wednesday to Thursday. So I wasn't able to be part of that. But uh what did you think about the uh, – she mentioned Thibel and, and some of the guys not playing much. All the starters played in the mid-30 minutes uh, on opening night. Does that Did that surprise you a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. But I guess, uh, you know, like I asked her, does it take time to get these guys acclimated? And I think it does. It's going to take a little while. So, you know, give them a few weeks to settle on a rotation. You know, maybe we'll see more of Thibel because he is a great defender. He had his struggles offensively last year, certainly, but they could use some defense. I mean, look what happened to uh, the game the other night with the Celtics. They put up 126 points on the Sixers, so they could use some good defense. 
And I do expect more from P.J. Tucker than we saw in the opening game. Uh, he's not a great scorer, but he is a good defender and a good rebounder, and he didn't do a whole lot in game one. So it's going to take a few weeks, I think, for Doc to get the rotation set and figure out who's going to get how many minutes. All right. I'm going to I'm going to give you this. I'm going to toss this one out here because you are, you know, you're kind of an avid Sixers fan. How long are you giving Doc Rivers before you start screaming it's time to pull the plug on that mess? Well, we got to see what happens. You know, if they're Well, I'm telling you what's going to happen. It's a mess. If they're 10 and 12, you know, a quarter of the way into the season, I might start thinking about it then. But I think this team is focused more on the postseason than it is the regular season, which is why I don't think they're going to you know, try to win 60 games. I don't think Embiid or even some of the other guys are going to play every single game, whether they're healthy or not. I think they have their eyes on getting past the second round of the postseason because a lot of fans are frustrated You know, every April, May, June when the Sixers are done and there's still you know, 16 other teams playing. So... That's going to be the key for me is getting guys into the proper frame of mind and keeping everybody healthy into May so they can win more than one playoff round. My prediction, Bill, uh, the over-under, by the way, 51.5 for the Sixers. I'm going to go with exactly what they had last year, which is 51 wins. How about you? Well, um, I, I hate to say this, Chet, but uh, 51. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Look at that. 51. I, so. I had 51 also. Uh, and D you know, said about 50. Yeah, D said 50. I, I'm at 51. I, you know, um, this is going to be a wait and see for me. I'm, I'm just I'm just not sure, as D said, how much better they've gotten. Uh, I think James Harden is going to be a lot better yeah. than what he, we he saw at good. the end. Not, not just based on one game. I just think he's right. a little man that's uh, a man that's a little bit possessed at this point to, to do well. Um, Maxie's going to be great, but again, I don't know that they have the depth or the coaching to be able to get over the top. Speaking of one game, how about that uh, one game, that debut game for that Ben Simmons, 23 minutes, four points, <laughs> 0 for two from the foul line. And he fouled out. Yeah. What a debut, yeah. huh? Quite an effort, quite an effort, pal. <laughs> oh you take get 25 and go somewhere else. Enjoy him up there, New York. You deserve him. And his defenders will say, well, you know, he hasn't played in a long time. Zion Williamson, who was on the opposing team, didn't play at all last year either. He scored 25 points, a lot of those over Ben Simmons. He didn't look rusty. No, no, no. <laughs> Boy, I'm well, glad we hopefully hopefully we don't have to continue to have updates of him. I'd rather listen to you talk about the Emmy Awards than the, oh, listen, okay. listen to that guy. <laughs> I'll take oh, that all right. Wait. One other thing. One other thing. Uh, this picture was in the interview with D. It was 25 years ago that Comcast Sportsnet debuted. Look at all those young folks, including D up in the top left-hand corner. Uh, Michael Barkan, the last man standing. He's now, uh, you know, the guy in the bottom right. Michael Barkan, the only guy still there 25 years later. How about yeah, that? That was, uh, that was a great team they put together back then. And uh, they yeah. – they were they were certainly good for Philadelphia sports for an era. Basically, you know, it was an era that that we watched a lot of those sports, and they were all good at what they did. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, hey, speaking of good at what they did, do Chad, let's give a shout out to all the shows at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. Wall to wall coverage, as usual. More and more coverage coming every week. Network is continuing to grow. You can catch all the action at www.eopsports.com as well as Edge of Philly Sports 
on YouTube. You can also find our show, Chet, on Philly Press Box Radio YouTube channel. People need to go and like and follow and share all those items with their families and friends. We need to grow that YouTube, pal. Yes, we do. Uh, I promised us 200 followers, subscribers. By the end of the year, we're up to about 170. So we got a little more than eh, about two and a quarter months to get up to 200. I'm going to put out a major push for that in the next few days. And we're on at 6 tonight because there are other shows on the network at 7, 8, and 9 tonight. I forgot to load the graphic into our system. I didn't get to put it up. but uh, Yeah, and I just talked my way through you it. You did. Like Bird's I knew what IQ. I was doing. Kyle <laughs> Quinn, Bird's IQ, 7 o'clock right after us. So get yourself some dinner and sit down and watch Kyle and uh, company talk about the Eagles at 7 Eastern time Thursday. That's right. All right. Well, hey, let's get to it. Welcome our man for Boop Stats, Bob Patron Jr. And I thought he was going to be live from Splits, but I think he's live from the Boop House. Yeah, I spent all day cleaning out the garage. And since I haven't been home in like four weeks, I figured I'd spend one night with my wife, you know, as punishment for her. So, you know. There yeah, you go. The, the, the over-under for you, you Boop, is five and a half the over under how many days of the week you're at splits five and a half so you're usually right around there aren't you if i spend the afternoon and i come home and let the dogs out and go back is that one or two visits <laughs> it's like, like visiting the mound you know there's yeah. a limit yeah exactly <laughs> by the way trivia question yeah you know the first show that popped up on october 1st 1997 on comcast Sportsnet. i'm gonna guess daily news live philadelphia daily news live at five o'clock were you there I wasn't on it. No, I was watching in the office along with, you know, millions of other people. I love that show. It was what, like four to five or four to six? It was, it was uh, five to six thirty, and then eventually okay. get down to an hour. Um, it was almost entirely daily news people when it started. Yep. It was entire almost entirely not daily news people at the end, but that's yep. an editorial comment I don't feel I need to make at this point. <laughs> we can talk about that at split some day or night. Yes, yes. That, that's yeah, an off the talks. record discussion. Yes, it is. Off the record, record, after half, after Chef buys me beers with all his uh, Sixers uh, 51 win bettings. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's got the Eagles over nine and a half. Yeah, he's that's where the money's coming in. Dunk now. And I had that's the right. Phillies over 86 and a half. They won 87. I am just loaded now, man. For, for the record, Sixers are going to blow by 51 and a half. You think? Yeah. Yeah, they're really right. good. And uh, even uh, whatever you like about Doc Rivers, he's had an offseason to jail Harden into the offense which he didn't have last year, and he's got three really good weapons, none of which I think – all of which I think like each other and like sharing the ball. Uh, so I think they're going to be just fine. They lost to what might be the best team in the East last night – last uh, two nights ago, so it's not – Yeah, yeah they're, well, they're good. Some, they're supposed to be the best team in the East, though, Boo. Well, again, until they knock off the best team in the East, they're not. So, you know. That's right. Uh, the road goes to Boston, as we've heard 30 times in the last 50 yeah. years. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, Boo. It's week seven. We're going to get to Who's some the defending bet. champ, by the way. No, no. You don't have to say that. That's yeah, not get out of the way. Tear off the band aid. <laughs> oh, well, Chet, uh, how did we do last week? What's our standings after six weeks so far? Well, guys, one of us went three and one last week. Okay, it was me getting only the Ravens Giants game wrong. Bill, you were two and two. And Boop, hey, you got one right, at least, Boop. You got one right last week. The season standings to date, well, I actually made a little graphic this weekend. Forgive oh, me, gosh. but the font size apparently got messed up a little bit. So 
<laughs> There's the standings. Uh, he's a funny guy. He's like a clown show every week here, Boop. Yeah, Boop, yeah. you're back he under has, 500, man. Come on. Splits is going to fire you. Bill, we'll let him have it. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's get to this Had week to so we can, we can close this gap and take over. I'm tired of listening to him. Let's so, look at it because, again one more time. Because the go. Eagles are off, we've got an add-in game, uh, and it always seems to come back to Kansas City, Boop. <laughs> Kansas City at San Francisco, Chiefs are minus three. Who do you like? Yeah, their right side of their line is just not playing well. Buffalo just tore right over it. They really don't have injuries there. And like happened in the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, every quarterback needs some protection. And if Mahomes doesn't get it, they're in trouble. They're going to get it this week. They're They're so – after the last two weeks, they're so mad. They're going to take down the team that they did beat in the Super Bowl two years ago, three years ago. No problem. I take the Chiefs, surprisingly. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I took the Bills last week to beat them, and it was a little hairy. Great finish, by the way. But uh, I think Kansas City wins this, and I think they're going to cover that three-point spread easily. Yeah, I, I do, too. I, I was really surprised that they didn't play very well against the Bills. I was expecting more from them. All right, Green Bay visits the Carson Wentzless Washington Commies. Packers minus four and a half. Both these teams stink. I don't care what anybody says. You took my lead there, Bill. Yes, first, but not only do I don't think either team wants to win, I don't care which team wins. <laughs> so I almost want to take whatever Jet doesn't take, uh, but I'll go Green Bay just in my NFC East hating blood. Yeah, uh, I got to go Green Bay. I can't see them playing that poorly again this week against, you know, an awful team, Washington. I don't care that it's on the road. I don't care who's quarterbacking for Washington. I guess it's Heineke. But uh, Green Bay should win this one easily. Yeah, well, the old Green Bay should win yeah. this game easily. I'm going to take Green Bay to win, but they're not good. They're not or they're not playing good ball, but they do have Aaron Rodgers, and I'll take him over Heineke yeah. uh, anytime. All right, Giants visit Jacksonville. Uh, it's time to start giving the Giants some love, fellas, I think, man. I'm surprised the Jags are all, are minus three in this game, Boo. Yeah, I had Baltimore in a very winnable survivor pool. Most of the people in it went down with Tampa Bay. So I'm sitting there thinking I'm I'm like the last four or five guys. And that last two minutes, they just tore me apart. I guess that means I got to start to get them the Giants bandwagon since they took me out of that. So I'm going to go New York. This was the toughest game for me out of the four that we're choosing this week, and I just still can't climb on the Giants' bandwagon. I know they've been very impressive at 5-1, and one, obviously. I know Jacksonville is 2-4, and four, but I'm rooting for Doug Peterson in this one. I want him to help knock off the Giants. I'm taking the Jags to win it. Well, I actually watched the Jags play the Colts last week, and uh, the Jags did they, they just didn't play well. Matt Ryan threw for about five miles against them. Uh I, I'm going to go Giants, even though quarterback's not their strength. Saquon Barkley's playing pretty good. He's fun to watch. I, I'm going to go Giants in this one. Boop, I got to ask you, why do you think Jacksonville's favored by three? I know they're at home, but still, why is Jacksonville yeah, I, I saw that, too, and I was questioning why. You know, like I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, Jacksonville is going to be better than everybody thought in the beginning of the year, which is why I went through and bet all their games um, that the line's then, and they're all ending up getting me about three extra points. But I don't see that at all. Um, I guess maybe they're kind of skipping the last Jacksonville game because up until then they've been playing well over their heads. Yeah. I don't know. But those guys know what they're doing. So, all right. Right. Yep. Okay. And the last one the Lions visit the Cowboys. Cowboys minus seven seems seems obvious. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Cowboys 
are better than the Lions, period. I would like to have seen the early season Lions offense against the early season Cowboys defense, but both of those things have kind of evened out now. Um, I'll root for the Cowboys this week. Let's go Dallas. Well, I'm not going to root for them, but I I'm never going to say let's go Dallas. <laughs> I, I might pick up the win. win. Really, I got you. <laughs> Dak Prescott returns, and uh, I don't know if he's going to play great, but he's, he's going to play well enough to win. I think the Cowboys do beat Detroit and probably even cover that spread. So uh, Cowboys win. Yeah, Cowboys are going to win this one. Uh, I, I will have to say, even though they, they made a little push to make the Eagles game look like it was a little bit closer than it was, um, that Dallas offense was atrocious. You know, Bill, with me and you having the same picks this week, or was it me and Boop? Let's see. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you guys both picked the Giants, huh? Yes, we did because yeah. we're both going to pick up a game on you, pal. Yeah, well, you're going if down. you're wrong, if you're wrong, there's speculation that I'm going to clinch the title before week 15. <laughs> yeah, you're the only one speculating that. Oh, yeah, hey, no, that, he hey, does that like, chart with a little Y next to clinch. I, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, boop, I came up with a new, uh, a new term. We're going to get the splits, bar, and grill tidbits for week seven. Go. Okay. Sounds good. I'll take two. <laughs> what do you so, got? Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, as Bill saw earlier, I think today is a sports equinox day. Um, both, uh, all there are games in the NBA, NHL, NFL, and Major League Baseball. It is the 27th time that that has happened. Uh, it's got a couple more shots of happening over the next couple of weeks, up to four. Uh, depending on rainouts and if necessary mm-hmm. games. Uh, it is the 10th time that those four leagues will all be playing along with the MLS, which is playing tonight, as we know, the union in its uh, playoff game. And it is the fourth time where those five things and college football are happening. So I'm calling it a sports equinox plus plus. Um, I've got a six game parlay with uh, one team in each of the four leagues. Uh, that's going to win me $800. And then I can, quit this show and not have to listen to Chet tell me he's <laughs> defending champion anymore. Good luck with that. Well, don't parlay. forget me, Boop. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, you and I will both go. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Any other uh, words of wisdom for the weekend? Yeah, no, the other thing I've been doing is I've been betting a lot on uh, home runs in the, in the postseason, mostly around Aaron Judge and, you know, Swarber and the Phillies. And my tip is if you bet home runs, I, I search around a lot. The best home run odds are almost always at FanDuel, and this is not sponsored by FanDuel or anything, as you know, it is by Splits, Bar and Grill, Maple Shade, New Jersey. Uh, but if you're into home runs and into like maybe a little bit better, uh, bigger payout, you can bet up, you can bet two home runs at FanDuel. Um, I've got a bunch of parlays with um, Judge tonight and the Phillies guys tomorrow, various one and ones, one and twos, you know, because Judge has always got a shot to hit two. Uh, so if you're looking to bet home runs and you want to get your best uh, bite for the buck, check out FanDuel and then do some comparison shopping, and it could be worth our worth some money. Last thing, Boop, who wins the Phillies Padres series? It, it's it's going to be it's not as easy as people think it is. I know everyone says the Padres are going to come in here and not know what hit them, but at the end of the day, you don't win or lose game because of the fans. It can help you as the game goes along. If they get behind, that crowd's going to not quite be the same crowd that you think it's going to be because, again, a lot of these people aren't the same ones that are there for 162 games. Um, but they can easily win three in a row, which they've done, which teams have done nine times going into a best of seven at 1-1 with the middle three at home. 
but they can also lose three in a row, which has been 10 times by the road team. So, um, like I said before, they have a puncher's chance. They need to have their people do some punching and keep at it. Um, having a four-run lead and losing it in the playoff game with at least your second-best pitcher on the mound, not acceptable. All right, Boop. Hey, Boop, uh, before we let you go, let everyone know where they can follow you on your social media platforms and your pub. Yeah, I'm all over Twitter, um, at BoopStats. Um, follow me, and you can see all the fun stuff I put out there. Uh, it's usually popping up around 7 o'clock in the morning and then all day, including TV listings, which are sometimes hard to find. Um, and my website, BoopStats.com, where I try to put stuff uh, that you can download if it's a little bit easier to print out from there. So, um, you know, follow me on Twitter. You can, you know, direct message me and let me know if you want to see something or any questions. I try to get to them, um, you know, and – We'll have some fun with numbers. All right. Get out of here, Boop. Sounds good, Boop. We'll see you next week. From somewhere. That's right. Thanks, bud. All right, Bill, I got to do something here. Uh Uh-oh. You ready? We're going to take a little break from the sports talk because I'm going to tell you and everybody else about an awesome trip that I took recently. And enjoy all the picks, Bill, because I know you and your wife and some others will be taking a similar trip, a somewhat similar trip next year. So check this out. Buongiorno, buonasera, ciao. No, I really don't speak Italian, but did I fool you? Allora. Anyway, after COVID postponed our planned trip to Italy in 2020 and 2021, my wife and I finally made it there in early October 2022. We started our week-long visit with a couple of days in Venice, which included a tour of a glass-blowing factory, a visit to the areas around the Piazza San Marco, St. Mark's. Uh, That's our amazing tour guide, Carla, in front of the King Emmanuel Monument in Venice. And we had a very nice half-hour gondola ride. And how about that sunset? Next stop, Florence, a beautiful city with lots of terrific sights, including the Domo. Lots of statues and churches everywhere. Although I've got to say the shower in our hotel room was rather odd. Just a little dividing wall thing that does nothing to stop water from going all over the floor. Very strange. By the way, who knew there was a Hotel California in Florence, Italy? I never checked in, so I was able to leave, fortunately. Florence is in Italy's Tuscan region, and so is nearby San Gimignano, home to the Piazza della Cisterna, numerous medieval towers, some great gelato shops, and, oh yeah, wineries. We enjoyed a wonderful wine-tasting event at Tenuta Torsiano. Some real good wine there, as you might expect. Actually bought a couple of bottles. And, oh, I ran into Jersey Joe Piscopo at that winery. How about that? After busing back to Florence, we walked up a couple of never-ending hills with our new friends, Kim and Rob, to enjoy a beautiful sunset looking out from the Piazza Michelangelo. That evening's dinner then at Osterio Filetto d'Oro was quite tasty. Pica alla carbonara for me. Our final few days of the trip were spent in Rome and included extensive tours of the Colosseum and the remains of the Forum, a couple of thousand years of history there in ancient Rome. By the way, our local tour guide for that day's activities, Alexia, was fantastic. Kind of cute, too, but don't tell my wife I said that. Later, most of our tour group went on a nighttime walking tour of Rome. Among the sites, the legendary 18th century Trevi Fountain, seen in classic movies like Roman Holiday, La Dolce Vita, and most notably, Three Coins in the Fountain. 
Of course, no trip to Italy would be complete without a visit to Vatican City and sites including the Sistine Chapel and St. Peter's Basilica. Even if you're not religious, and spoiler alert, I'm not, it's all pretty impressive. Oh, that evening's dinner at a place in Rome called Il Tunnel was probably my favorite of the trip. Penne al Samone, pasta with salmon, cream, and either wine or vodka. Italy is known for its tasty dishes and wines, but as a beer guy, well, I felt obligated to try as many Italian beers as I possibly could, and I certainly did. These all pictured here were decent, but none of them blew me away. My two absolute favorites, well, the runner-up, Peroni Cruda, which is either a Pilsner or a Pale Lager, 4.7% ABV. And number one, Bira Menabrea Ambrata, brewed in Brella, Italy, a premium amber classic lager, 5% ABV, which has a slight toffee or caramel flavor to it. So there you have it. Lots of history and amazing sights up and down Italy. Well worth visiting if you haven't been there. And if you decide to go as part of a tour group, I can heartily recommend Go Ahead Tours. We used them in 2017 for our trip to the UK and again this year for this Italy trip. And they were fantastic both times. Arrivederci. Looks like a fun trip, something I'm going to certainly enjoy getting a chance to do uh, this time next year, just about. Yeah, how about all those historic sites, man? The uh, the remains of the Forum and the, the Colosseum. That is some wild, cool stuff. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, I, I'm just worried about that one thing. You showed one of your meals that was like about this big, like... <laughs> Man, yeah, they look kind of, but, but it's kind of, they have these weird bowls where they have like a, a sunken middle. So there's like more in the middle there than it actually looks like. So, uh, yeah. okay. All I'm right. I'll, I'll go with that. All right. Good stuff. Hey, uh, Chet, great guest tonight in D-Lineham as always. So who do we have coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Well, Bill, next week we will hopefully be talking about a Phillies World Series appearance for the first time in 13 years, we hope. But I know we will be talking a lot of Eagles, too. Yeah, Phillies. Uh, The Birds next week, not this Sunday, but the following week, will be hosting those Steelers. Yeah, that's a week from Sunday. And our guest next week is a guy who covers the Eagles for The Athletic, a first-time visitor to our show, Zach Berman. Zach does a great job covering our undefeated Eagles, and we look forward to talking with him next week bill yeah zach's good yeah he's real good yeah he used to be here in town yeah yeah Yeah. hey uh bill i want to tell our viewers and listeners about philly sports trips also they have road trips to all eagles games they have a trip to nashville this week and as a matter of fact for some flyers hockey and other things down there in music city there is a flyers predators game and lots of other fun stuff that is what i just said yeah and uh, looking ahead they have a trip to Spring training next year for those Phillies. A chance to hang out with legendary Phil skipper Charlie Manuel. And I'm hearing from our guys at Edge of Philly that there will be another Sixers-Nets game up in Brooklyn. I believe that will be happening in February. You can go up to Brooklyn and boo you-know-who in person. So phillysportstrips.com, the place to get all the details. All right, good stuff. Hey, we're not going to let you off the hook without talking about the Flyers, Chet. They jumped out of the gate. They're 3-1, and winning in Tampa, losing in Florida. Always tough making that back-to-back trip that they have. Um, John Tortorella, have your November attention yet? Well, I mean, certainly they're starting off 3-1. and one. That is very impressive. Nobody expected that. And what was really impressive, all four games, I believe, they've you know battled back from behind. They won the first three after being down 1-0, 2-0, 2-0, won those three. And the last night they were down 2-0, came back to tie before losing a rough third period for them. But uh, 
yeah, three and one, we will take that. And uh, you got to love what he has done because there are very low expectations this year. So give Tortorella and the guys credit. They are playing hard, and hopefully they'll get a bunch more wins and maybe even make the playoffs. Who knows, Bill? I'm not going to predict that, though. Okay, low expectations. I'm holding you to a pick. What are they going to do? I'm going to say they're not going to make the playoffs, unfortunately. I'm going to say, you know, low 80s in terms of points and uh, missing the playoffs by a handful of points. I'm going to tell you they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to do it on Carter Hart, who has played outstanding for the first three games. He was not in the goal last night, Yeah, uh, back-to-back nights, but uh, he is playing really well. They're going to be disciplined. They're they're rough. They're banging around. Uh, they're going to have to come up with goals, as as we know. But uh, I, I think they're going to they're going to grit out a handful of games that we aren't expecting. They're going to compete. When they went in that Tampa game, I watched that game. Uh, they gave up two power play goals to Stamkos right out of the shoot and battled back and got those two and got a couple more and ended up winning that game on the road against a really good hockey team and maybe the best goaltender in uh, in the world in uh, Alexi or Alec- uh, Vasilevsky. I'll get it right. Yeah, so, so uh, I hope you're right. But you also told me Penn State was going to meet Michigan last week, so your credibility yeah, is shot, Bill. Yeah, well, it is because Penn State <laughs> went up there and stunk the place out. I can't hey. help that. I know. One other thing about hockey, our buddy Chris Terrian, who we had on the show last week, he has got all of his books. They are now for sale in, on Amazon and all the other spots. It's officially released on uh, Monday the 25th, Tuesday the 25th. Yeah, Tuesday the 25th. Chris Terrian, Road to Redemption. I can't wait to get a copy and read this. Find it, read it. Chris is a great guy, and uh, it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. I'm going to get a copy myself. Yep. All right, Jack, let's take another quick break. Thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page. People can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. And I will tell you, Chet, uh, just today there was a Devontae Smith mini helmet floating around on that page for somebody to win shortly. Nice. All right. Anything else while before we wrap it up? Very quickly, Eagles, uh, Jason Kelsey, and uh, some of the other guys, including Jordan Malata, putting out a Christmas album this December. There's going to be a single ahead of the time. Uh, I can't wait. I'm going to get that. It's going to be fun. Um, Kelsey can sing a little bit. Jordan Malata can sing very well, so I'm looking forward to that. And Amazon and Prime doing a Black Friday football game starting next year, NFL I know you're not a fan, but their ratings have actually been very good for Thursday Night Football, despite some stinky games. Ratings are up 48% from last year, so uh, they're doing something right, I guess. And they keep showing the Broncos, and he stink with Yeah, I don't, I don't know why that is. Hopefully no more Broncos. Well, you know, Mayor Kelsey and the O-line band, that's what I'm going with right there. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. I saw a little clip, and I posted yeah, it, actually. looks like fun. Uh, Wrap it up, Bill. It looks like it will be fun. Okay. Let's thank tonight's special guest, D. Lineham and Bob Boop Patron Jr., our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razroom, and David Boy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. 
For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio tentatively next Wednesday, October 26th, depending on what World Series game we're playing in by then. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Let's go, Phillies. I hope.